Amen. If you go with me to the book of John chapter 6 today, and why don't you stand one more time just for the reading of the word. You got to work off that turkey. <laughs> I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving this past week with your family, with your friends. If you're like me, you ate way too much. I know you all are shocked to find that out about me, but even my stretchy pants got stretched. That, it was bad. <laughs> the parades, the football games, the family, the food, more importantly for me, it was about taking some time away from the cares of the world to give thanks. How many is thankful for the blessings of God in your life? Amen. John chapter 6 today in verse number 8, Bible says, And one of his disciples, Andrew, Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men to sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, or after he gave thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And when the people were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Can you say amen? amen? I want to talk to us for a moment today about after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Would you bow your head with me now? Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, God, for your blessing. God, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we do rejoice and we are glad in it. Father, I pray now that you would wash us with your word today. God, that you would let it get on the inside of us and that you would let it make us better, Lord, than we are. Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak to us and minister to your people. God, for your glory, and it's in your name that we pray, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you today. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. It is no secret that Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of the year. It is the family, it's the food, it's the fun, and of course the overwhelming sense of appreciation that I feel as I'm surrounded by it all. Most people just see Thanksgiving as the unofficial start of Christmas, <laughs> right? Um, unofficial start of the Christmas festivities, but for me, it's more than that. It's the beginning of a season of gratitude. Let me tell you something I know about gratitude. Let me tell you three things. Number one, gratitude is a learned behavior. Number two, it takes effort to keep it. And number three, there is always a reason to be grateful. Now let me tell you some things I know about ingratitude or ungratefulness. Are you ready? It's a learned behavior. It takes effort to keep it, and there's always a reason to be ungrateful. And so in my mind, Thanksgiving is me 
taking the time to choose gratitude. And as it turns out, a grateful and thankful spirit is a choice. And if I make the right choice, and if I choose to be grateful and thankful, then that opens me up to receive the blessings of God in my life. It's the choice to live thankful that paves the way for the Spirit of God and the presence of the Lord to work inside of me. It's the choosing to have a heart of thanksgiving that paves and proves to be the precursor for spiritual things. There's a reason why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 100, he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Why should I do that? Why should thanksgiving be the first thing that I do? It's because it's gratitude and choosing that from the start that sets the table for the goodness of God. Psalm 92 declares, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Why is it that that's a good thing, Brother Sizemore? Because it goes on to say that when I do that, he will make me glad in my work. And I can triumph in the work of thy hands. That, that when the wicked spring up as the grass and when all the, all the workers of iniquity seem to flourish, that it's actually the enemies of the Lord that will perish and be scattered and the righteous or those who give thanks will flourish like the palm tree and shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon and bring forth fruit. Choosing a spirit and lifestyle of gratitude and thanksgiving will always cause us to be victorious over our adversary. It will always cause us to, be, to flourish no matter what our circumstances are and what our surroundings are, and it will always cause us to be fruitful. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody say, thank God for thanksgiving. Mm. But what I want to focus on today is a, a small little sweet spot that comes after Thanksgiving. Now see, I gotta tell you, I love the third Thursday in November. Mm. I love Thanksgiving Thursday. I love everything about it. I love the food, I love the family, I love the parades, I love it all. I've noticed that I'm never in a bad mood on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't... My wife says I'm never sweeter and never kinder than on Thanksgiving Day. It must be the tryptophan. I don't know what it is, but something's going on. But you know what I also, so I love Thanksgiving. I love the day. But you know what I also love? I love the days immediately following Thanksgiving Day. I do. I love the Thursday, but I, I really also love the Friday and the Saturday and the Sunday that's after Thanksgiving. I love, I love the Thursday meal. Don't get me wrong, but bring on the leftovers. Yeah. Amen. Bring it on. Bring on the turkey sandwiches. Bring on the turkey soup. Little bit of everything smashed into a bowl and it's covered in gravy. Yes, Lord. Whew, I feel the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you, KFC's got nothing on my bowl. Let me tell you, I get it. I pile it up. I love the, <laughs> I love the football games. I love the shopping, and I, well, kind of, but I love, the, I love the, the naps on the couch. 
Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. There's something special, something I love about that little sweet spot, the few days that come after Thanksgiving. And so I thought on this Sunday after Thanksgiving, perhaps the Bible may have something to say about all of that. And wouldn't you know it, it does. Wouldn't you know it. In the book of Nehemiah, chapters 12 and 13, the Bible says that the children of Israel had just finished rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. They were celebrating and they were throwing a little bit of a Thanksgiving celebration, a little, little Thanksgiving party. There was, uh, there, there was, all, it was a huge deal. There was food. There was music, uh, all kinds of stuff. And the Bible says that they stood on the completed walls after it was all said and done and they gave thanks unto the Lord. And after they gave thanks to the Lord, or after thanksgiving, there was a reformation, the Bible says, in Israel. A revival of sorts where God's people begin to experience a change of heart and a change of mind toward the things of God. They thought that they felt one way, but after they gave thanks, God caused a change to happen in them and it set the course for their future. Their minds were restored, their souls were revived after Thanksgiving. Daniel 6 records that Daniel prayed and gave thanks unto God three times a day. Because it was against the law to do that, they threw him into a den of lions, hoping that the lions would eat him like I ate the turkey on Thursday. Yeah. But the Bible says that as Daniel was thrown into that lion's den, while he was there, he continued to give thanks unto the Lord. And as a result, not only did God deliver Daniel, but he caused Daniel to experience unprecedented prosperity. Daniel was ordered and left to die at the mouths of the lions, but he gave thanks anyway, and it was after thanksgiving that Daniel's life was spared, he was restored, and God caused him to prosper. The Bible says David was being chased by a mad king, Saul. Saul was out to get him, out to kill him. The man that had once loved and favored David was now trying to take his life. He ran, David ran and hid for years, betrayed by those he thought he could trust, turned away and rejected by loved ones, and yet the Bible says that David continued to give thanks unto the Lord. Even in spite of the terrible circumstances, and because David humbled himself with a, humbled himself with a spirit of thanksgiving, God delivered him, God spared him, and raised him up to sit in the place of a king. He thought his life was over. He thought he had nothing to live for, but he had a spirit of gratitude and he gave thanks and it was only after thanksgiving that God brought him salvation. Bible says that Jonah ran from the call of God to go to Nineveh. 
God told him, I want you to go and preach to that city. But Jonah said, no, nah, baby, no, nah, I ain't doing that. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to hop on a ship and go to Tarshish. I'm going to go and I'm going to get away from all this. And the Bible says God sent a great storm and, and Jonah gets tossed overboard into the raging sea. He's eaten by a great fish. For three days, he's in that fish's belly before he's vomited up on the shoreline. And it's there on the shoreline that Jonah expresses his gratitude unto God. It's there on that shoreline that Jonah gives thanks unto God for his mercy toward him. And the Bible says it's after Jonah gave thanks that Jonah goes and preaches to Nineveh and his purpose is fulfilled and there's a revival that's brought to that city. Mercy came to the disobedient prophet and he gave thanks for it. And after thanksgiving, Jonah begins to walk in his purpose. He sees the miracle of an entire city come to repentance. Wow, that's some powerful stuff. And all of that happened after people gave thanks after Thanksgiving. I want to tell you, things do not have to be perfect for you and I to have an attitude of gratitude. No, in fact, Thanksgiving is described in Scripture as a sacrifice. It's true. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 116, I will offer up the sacrifice of Thanksgiving and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Hebrews 13, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. You got to understand today that thanksgiving is a sacrifice. Gratitude will cost something. And all these accounts serve to remind us that when we continue to offer up the, the, the sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord and call upon his name, that God cannot help but hear our cry. He cannot help but come to our aid and to our rescue. He cannot resist to cause his mercy to be bestowed upon you and me. If I can give him thanks, if I can be thankful regardless of my circumstances, regardless of what I'm facing, regardless of what I'm going through, then I am assured that after thanksgiving, my blessing will come. After thanksgiving, my healing will come. After thanksgiving, my deliverance will come. After thanksgiving, salvation will come. After thanksgiving, prosperity will come. After thanksgiving, provision will come. After thanksgiving, my miracle will come. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to hear me today. If you want to be delivered from whatever it is that is devouring you this year, if you want to escape victorious from the jaws of 2022 and be able to walk into a new year and a fresh start and a new perspective and a new hope, then you can start by offering unto God the sacrifice of thanksgiving right where you are. Because if I can give thanks in spite of my circumstance and if I can learn to be grateful wherever I am and in whatever it is that I may go through, then God will respond to my sacrifice. Mm, somebody shout amen. amen. 
Now, I don't know if they celebrated Thanksgiving like we do in the New Testament. I doubt it. I doubt it. When you read the text, however, from John that we read here today, John chapter 6, and you read about the feeding of the multitudes. I, I feel like I fed multitudes this week. I don't know. Maybe you can relate to that. This wasn't a traditional Thanksgiving setting, but if you read it, it's got some similarities. It really does. I mean, there's hungry people. There's breaking of bread. Uncle Andrew's stealing off the little boy's plate, right? I mean, everybody's got an Uncle Andrew, right? More leftovers than they know what to do with. That's Thanksgiving in my house, right? Yeah. There's, there's, some, there's some similarities there. And oh yeah, there's also a prayer of thanks. The circumstances were not ideal. This probably wasn't the meal that they all hoped it would be. They didn't have a lot of options. Their resources were limited. But as Solomon once said, better is a little with the fear of the Lord. Right? And so there they were. Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fishes that were only meant to feed a little lad and maybe a couple of other folks. And Jesus takes that lunch and he takes it in his hand and he looks unto heaven and he gives thanks. He gives thanks. He doesn't give thanks for what he doesn't have. He gives thanks for what he does have. He lets his gratitude flow out and he shows us what it means to truly express thanks. Now that alone would have been impressive enough. But I want you to notice what happened after he gave thanks. Because it was after Thanksgiving that one of the greatest miracles ever recorded in Scripture took place. Jesus began to break the bread. He gave thanks and blessed it. He began to break that bread and break off the fish and he began to pass it out to those that were around him. He gave it to the disciples and, and it, just, it just didn't stop multiplying and it just didn't stop coming. That the disciples would come and they'd get a handful or a basket and they'd, they'd go distribute it and they'd come back and they'd think, well, that's probably all we got. There's 12 of us and, you know, we only handed him a couple of, you know, five loaves and some fishes and that's probably, well, wait a minute, he's got more and he fills up the basket again. And then they go out and they distribute it and then they come back and they, they fill up another basket and, and, and it just keeps coming and it keeps multiplying and it just wouldn't stop. And somehow, some way, little miraculously becomes much and a multi multitude of hungry people are fed. 5,000 plus people got to eat till they were full because of the miracle that happened after Thanksgiving. Now the disciples couldn't explain this. The people couldn't believe this. And yet once again, Thanksgiving and gratitude had become the catalyst to God's provision. Once again, thanksgiving and gratitude has become the catalyst by which the hungry were filled. Yeah. I want you to be careful today not to overlook the fact that Jesus gave thanks first. I don't want you to overlook, don't miss the principle of thanksgiving preceding the miracle. Don't, don't lose that. 
Because here's the problem with us. We always like to give thanks after the miracle's performed. Right? We like to do that. After the healing, we'll give thanks. After the provision, we'll give thanks. After the deliverance. And, and we do that because we get so hyper-focused on the, on the problems and on the circumstances and the odds and the issues and the mountains that won't move. The impossible gets the attention and the limelight. And yet I wonder today what would happen if we didn't wait until the miraculous occurred, but rather we gave thanks in advance of the miracle. Yeah. The Dalai Lama is famous for saying this. He said, when, I, he said I'm, when I'm discontent, I always want more, more, more. My desires can never be satisfied, but when I practice contentment, I can say to myself, oh yes, I already have everything I really need. The Apostle Paul, the Dalai Paul, maybe, said it like this. In Philippians 4 and 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, however, because you see, gratitude is a learned behavior, right? It's a, learned, it's a choice that you make. He said, I've learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or whether hungry, whether living in plenty or whether living in want. He said, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. One translation of that word content is thankful. Thankful. He says, I can be happy and I can be thankful through Christ that gives me the strength to do it. It takes a choice on my part. It takes effort on my end to keep it. And there's always a reason, but I've got to learn how to set thanks as a priority. And Paul said, it's a learned thing. I didn't always know how to think that way. I didn't always know how to do that. I didn't always know how to have that kind of perspective. I had to be, I had to be taught. How were you taught, Brother Paul? Well, he said, I had to endure some difficulties. He had to experience some hardships because you can't learn how to be grateful during hard times if you never go through hard times. Right? I said, you can't learn to be thankful in all situations if you don't experience all the possible situations. Acts chapter 27 records one such occasion. It records one of the most brutal, deadly storms ever, ever marked down in history. And Paul was caught right in the middle of it. It was a 14-day hurricane. Now, if you've ever been in a hurricane or been around a hurricane or been in Florida when a hurricane was coming, I have. Those things like, you know, they, the actual hurricane might last a day. It might last a few hours. It might last two days. But it's rare for it to go beyond that. Paul was in the middle of a 14-day hurricane. And not only was, in the, in, was he in the middle of it, Paul was riding it out on a wooden ship on the ocean. I'm not exactly sure that's where you want to be caught in a hurricane. They were about to start tossing the cargo overboard. They're in a bad way. 
They're about to start tossing stuff and people over the side of the ship. Things are getting pretty bad. The, the ship is starting to break apart when an old apostle on the boat stands up and he says, you know what, gentlemen, before we get too far into this, I think we ought to stop right here. I think we ought to eat a meal together. And I think we ought to give thanks unto the Lord. Now, I'm sorry, what? Paul? I mean, I, I know you're getting on in years, my friend, but do you realize that we're all about to die in this storm? Do you realize that, that this ship is, is breaking apart and we're all about to be swimming in the ocean? Do, do you realize that we're about to be shark bait, Paul? Do, do, and you, and you want to sit down and you want to have a meal and break bread together and you want to have Thanksgiving right here and right now? You want to have Thanksgiving right here and right now. I mean, shouldn't we wait and see if we actually survive this thing first? That sounds better to me. And Paul says, no. No, see, that'd be the wrong thing to do. He said, that, that'd be the wrong time to do it. We need to do it now. We need to take a moment now and give thanks before we do anything else. Because we might not have a chance to do it later, boys. So right here, right now, in the middle of this tragedy, in the middle of this mess, in the middle of this storm, Paul says we need to go ahead and give thanks. And wouldn't you know it, after they gave thanks, after Thanksgiving, they're all delivered they're all saved. Every passenger on the ship made it safely to shore and everybody survived. Don't tell me Thanksgiving isn't important. Don't tell me taking time to give thanks doesn't matter because taking time to give thanks might just save your life. Taking time to give thanks might be the difference from your prayer going unanswered to your prayer being answered to God doing a miracle in your life. If you'll take the time, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, take the time to give thanks. Mm. Why? Why would I do that, Pastor? Because it's after Thanksgiving. Hear me. I got to admonish us today toward the end of what may have been a disaster of a year for some of us. 2022 has been a shipwreck of years for a lot of you. I know that. And you say, Brother Sizemore, it doesn't make sense to give thanks right now. I had a hard time getting my turkey down this past Thursday, right? My, my mashed potatoes were lumpy and uh, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it. Can, can, I, can I just put my Christmas tree up and sing old Lang Syne and be done with it? Yeah, I know we'd like to do that. And we'll do that when it's time. But right now, before we get any further down the road, I want to take a page from the Apostle Paul. And I want to encourage us to take some time and give thanks. Now's not the time to be focused on what you don't have or what you've lost. No, this is the time to be focused on what I'm thankful for, what I do have, what I choose to give thanks in spite of it all. Because giving thanks is going to open me up to the possibility of a miracle. Now, you got to read down a little further in the book of John. 
in the gospel just five chapters after our text. Jesus is called to a little town of Bethany. He's been called there because of the death of his good friend Lazarus. Jesus had told his disciples before they even got there that Lazarus would die, but he said death won't be the end of the matter. He said he's going to die, but death isn't going to be the end of the thing. When they arrived there in Bethany, the situation was fraught. It was bleak. The mourners were mourning. There was confusion. There was hurt. Mary and Martha were upset with Jesus. They couldn't deny that. Lazarus had been dead for four days, and Jesus was overcome with emotion in that moment. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. He just wept. He was overcome with grief. He lost his friends, his friend. He had disappointed his, his, his friends. He, he wept. He, he was sad. He, but just as Jesus had done in John chapter 6 with the hungry and with the angry multitude, Jesus again does something out of the ordinary. He orders the stone there at Lazarus' sepulcher to be rolled away. He says, roll away that stone. Roll that thing away. And the Bible says that when they took that stone away, Jesus lifted up his eyes toward heaven one more time. And the Bible says he gave thanks. Whew. That seems odd, Jesus. I mean, why would you do that at a time like this? We're having a funeral. God, why? Now's not the time to have gratitude. Now's not the time to sit down and have Thanksgiving dinner. It's not the time to break bread. It's not the time to, no, his friend is dead. People are upset. This isn't the time or the place. This isn't exactly Thanksgiving. What are you doing, Jesus? But Jesus knew something that they did not. He knew that Thanksgiving sets the table for a miracle. Thanksgiving, oh, you got to hear me. Thanksgiving sets the table for the miracle. And after he gave thanks, after Thanksgiving, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And when he did, that which was dead lived again. I said, after Thanksgiving, that which was dead lived again. Before Thanksgiving, death was the only thing that they knew. Before Thanksgiving, death was final. But after Thanksgiving, they came to know the resurrection and the life. I said before Thanksgiving, there was only hurt and only pain. But after Thanksgiving, there was only hope. There was only rejoicing. Before Thanksgiving, all they felt was pain. But after Thanksgiving, all they would know would be peace. Before Thanksgiving, there was sorrow. But after Thanksgiving, there was joy unspeakable and full of glory. Before Thanksgiving, there was frustration. But after Thanksgiving, there was freedom. Oh, thank God for the miracle that comes after Thanksgiving. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm wrapping it up. Musicians, you can come. There's a difference in the, in the, in the, there's a difference in the circumstance and surrounding before Thanksgiving. But after Thanksgiving, things can change. Things can be different. The landscape can be altered. That which was dead can live. That after Thanksgiving. Mmm. Mmm. I got to tell you, just before Jesus was betrayed, just before he was tried and crucified, Bible says Jesus decided to have a meal with his disciples. They, 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 they've spent the last three and a half years together as family. And so what did Jesus do? He rented a room. He rented a room. They broke bread together. They had the last supper. That's what I affectionately call my Thanksgiving dinner. It's the last supper. Because I, you know, I don't know. I might eat until I explode, so it might be the last one. Get it in. Lord, this doesn't, this doesn't seem like the time to sit down and have a Thanksgiving meal. I mean, you've just been, you're, 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 you're about to be betrayed, Lord. This is the, la you're, this is the last time we're all going to be together in a setting like this. You're about to be betrayed. You're about to go to the garden. You're about to, you're about to stand trial. You're about to be crucified, Lord. What do we, how can we give thanks at a time like this? It wasn't easy, but I would submit to you that Jesus did it because he knew that thanksgiving had to be made in order to set the stage for the miracle that was about to take place. And true to form, it's thanksgiving that serves as the catalyst for Calvary's cross and the shedding of innocent blood from the only spotless lamb. It's thanksgiving that paves the way for the veil to be rent in twain in the temple. It's thanksgiving and a, grat a spirit of gratitude that is the precursor to death, hell, and the grave being defeated and the resurrection power and the hope that it would bring. It's the greatest miracle of all and it was all set in motion after Thanksgiving. Today on this Sunday, after Thanksgiving. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the situation is. I have no idea what you're facing or what, or what circumstance that you may find yourself in. But here's what I know. Today is a good day to give thanks. Today. Today. I, I know it could be better. I know it could be worse. But give thanks now. And praise God now. 
and pour yourself to God out now and get ready to watch God turn things around for you after Thanksgiving. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me right now? Some of you haven't received your miracle yet because you've not thanked God for it yet. Some of you haven't seen an answer to your prayers because you haven't let that spirit of gratitude flow out of you. I gotta tell you, when you come to this altar and you let thanks begin to roll off your lips and you begin to let a spirit of gratitude begin to flow out of you, God will let His Spirit flow into you and He will fill you and He will lift you up out of where you are and things will be different tomorrow than they were today because of thanksgiving in your life. And so today, it's the Sunday after thanksgiving. And I'm not going to ask you to come and repent. I'm going to ask you to come and give thanks. I'm going to ask you to come and let thanks roll off your lips. I'm going to ask you to come. These altars are open right now. We're getting ready to sing. And as we do, could you just let an attitude of gratitude come out of you? Because when you do, God will meet you where you are. When you do, your miracle will be waiting on you. When you do, God will fill you today. Come on, after Thanksgiving. Come on, let's give thanks. Oh, give thanks to God. Come on, let it roll off your lips. Come on, let it roll out of your spirit today. Oh, come on, somebody lift your hands and give thanks to God. Let's go! 